here we go. From the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, the podcast hosted by three pastors that dives into faith, relationships, pop culture, ministry, current issues, and a whole lot more. Hey, 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 everybody. This is Post-Christian Pastors. The boys are back. We are back. So good to be here with you guys today. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors. I am Mark Helsel, along with me to my, let's go to my left, Mike Arnold. Mike Arnold. How you doing, Mike? Feeling good. Feeling good. Not Feeling Michael good. Not Michael P. Arnold. Some days. Michael so much Reverend. The oh, right Reverend. Reverend. When, I need, when I need it. <laughs> when I need it. <laughs> to my right, playing first base. John Price. John Price. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. How good. are you? Everybody's well. Everybody's Everybody's alive and everybody is covid free yep and everybody is uh making it well we made it through summer the fall is here the fall is yesterday here yesterday was last day of summer we did i believe so first day of fall i'm gonna be very sad to be honest with you to see summer go we had a amazing summer here in pittsburgh amazing it was dry and hot it was like, <laughs> Just like, I like san diego it. summer <laughs> yeah. almost it was toasty though sometimes yeah it was very yeah. very very nice um very little rain uh you know n- not like two rainy days in a row i can't even think of having two rainy days in a row which was amazing for western pa but we're back this is post-christian pastors if you've never listened to us before we are just three pastors who are trying to uh live the way of jesus in a post-christian culture here in america we are not post-christian by the way personally uh still still hanging on still (laughs) still hanging on unlike some of our other people that we know uh those deconversion stories but uh man what what was the guy who deconverted the guy joshua harris kiss i kissed uh jesus goodbye uh, kiss jesus goodbye mm. yeah there was a a kissing jesus goodbye um so yeah so so we're still hanging in there and actually we're not just hanging in there we're excited about it always excited about jesus so um yeah everything's good so here's the deal today we want to have a little fun to start out okay so uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little round the table, round the horn, where we're just gonna do three things uh, during the pandemic. Like each of us is gonna go three things that we uh, are just fun to talk about. Three things during the pandemic that are fun sure. to talk about. Then we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do just like quick hitters on some topics of three things that happened during the pandemic. Culturally, culturally happening. Yeah, cultural things that are happening in the culture. They won't be exhaustive. We won't be able to talk about them exhaustively, but we'll we'll just dib, dabble our toe, just a little dabble the dabble. toe, the toe into the cultural the, uh, currents, the, the cultural, the cultural swamp. <laughs> <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds like somebody else. Had it. Anyway, um, so so here we go. So we're gonna go around. We're gonna go around the horn here, and we're gonna start with John. So we we asked each of us to pick one kind of fun thing or one one kind of thing from the last six months that's happening that that you just want to talk about just fun to talk about so john what do you want to talk about food trucks food trucks <laughs> food trucks Everybody's yes buddy's favorite food trucks do you remember when nobody went to food trucks oh yeah that? like there were no such things as food trucks and if there trucks. were it was like low class like super sketch you were like <laughs> low class. it was like the carnival trucks <laughs> right. right like remember all cakes Funnel, yes, fun, but funnel cakes are amazing. Yeah, but it. yeah, you can't make them at home either. But I, yeah, but if you saw a truck that was selling food, yeah, <laughs> you'd be was, like, it was sketchy. Um, it was sketchy. Now all of a sudden, food out of trucks is like the thing. Yes. So why, everybody is doing. Food but why out of did trucks you now? pick food trucks for the pandemic? What What was it that? Why, well, why it was it was it, it's one of those things that just brought a little bit of normalcy to our lives. Um, were you just running around yeah. finding yeah. food trucks? <laughs> yes. Were you were you chasing food trucks down? No, you pass them on the highway and you turn them, around and like flag them down and be like, hey. no. Well, so why food no. trucks were such a big deal of your so, um one of our neighbors had this great idea to set up a, a food truck to come in and just for the neighborhood and it went over so well that she actually, um, in conjunction with our HOA, just kind of uh, brought in uh, at least one food truck a week. That's awesome. Uh, so one food truck a week for dinner. Since like April. 
Since April. Since like April. Yeah. Okay. So nice. yeah. So it's and not everyone came on for for dinner. Most did. Um, a couple of times we had like you know Grater's ice cream came like on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had was it like, always on Saturday? No, uh, usually it's like a midweek evening. Okay. Um, so like tomorrow we're getting. Oh, uh, tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we're still on the food truck wagon here. We're still on the food truck. We're actually, we have them coming through into December. Nice. Yes. I'm coming to your neighborhood. <laughs> Can we get in there? Is it gated? Yeah, how do we? No, it's yeah, not how gated. Do we, it's, it's a gated community. It's not gated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the pastor that drives the, the Mercedes yes. and lives in a gated community. I eat my fine cuisine from the trucks that you're not allowed I, to. I, for those of you who do not know me, I do not <laughs> live in a gated community or drive a Mercedes. <laughs> if I... <laughs> From all your profits from the podcast. Yeah. I drive a Volkswagen Jetta. Nice. You don't have to justify it. All right. I prefer American cars. I had a pastor one time who drove drove a very expensive car. It's okay. It's fine. I also That's what we should talk about today. Pastors who drive very expensive cars. It's a neutral. Are they like the ones that have the expensive shoes? Yes. Oh, yes. Preacher sneakers. We did that episode. We did. We did. Or we talked about Did it. You guys cut me out. Or something? I don't remember that. That's the one you were here for. Okay. Um, okay. So wait. Wait. So, so back to food trucks. Can, no, okay. Well, one question about yeah. your food trucks. Yeah. We can come to your neighborhood. You can come to my neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How do we find this out? Is there online? Uh, it's we on our Facebook page. Don't, but, don't give it out. But. No, I'm on. It's on our Facebook page, but it's but it you know we don't let okay. just anybody. Mark in, will show but. up. Mark, okay. will I will show up. up Mark, will I might show up tonight. Who's yeah. the truck tonight? That's no, uh, tomorrow. It's who did I say? Uh, La Chica's, La Chica's yeah, tacos. Yeah. yeah, they're good. So, what were yeah. what were some of your uh, what were some of your favorite foods you ate oh. from the food truck? Um, uh, Imperial meatballs, they're always good. Yeah, um, nice. Uh, La Petite Tour de France was good. They have great, great pastries. I mean, what's cool is like you know, I mean, I like to eat, mm-hmm. as you can tell, um, <laughs> and I like good food. Yeah, and you know, having food trucks come to your neighborhood is a great way to. Combine both combine of those, both of, both of those, those passions. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you know, not everyone is is fantastic or the best you've ever had, but most of them, I think, are really do a really good job of mm-hmm. like providing. Um, Why do you think the food truck thing has taken off so much? Well, during the pandemic, they did actually really well because a lot of food trucks started going to neighborhoods like yours. And, yeah, and that's why because we had food trucks at church every Sunday during our outdoor service. Why do you think it is that food trucks have taken off so much? Like, what what, what was People it? People don't feel safe going into a restaurant. Well, so no, I don't mean like so. I don't mean just like the last six months, but why why the food truck phenomenon was happening like way before that? I mean, in our region, I think it's very entrepreneurial. Like, you get someone who has a passion for a certain type of food, and rather than open up an entire restaurant, they can you know have less overhead with a truck, and it's a creative way to get their products out and. Uh, it's exciting to see it. I mean, in the city, people love them. We I had love a food it. truck night at our church as well. We had three trucks show up. Mark was there as well. Of course, I f- I'm following <laughs> him around. <laughs> he just like yeah. follows the truck. I am a food truck groupie. <laughs> you are. <laughs> that is a correct statement. Well, I think yeah. it's also, <laughs> I, I, to, to go back to what Mike was saying, it's a way for people to be able to get into the restaurant business. Sure. Right. But it also provides like a service, like I mean, a food truck can pull up pretty much anywhere, right? And provide food. So, you know, if uh, you know, you know, a corporate headquarters or business or something, they may not have uh, food options in the building. They can just have a food truck can pull up. I know a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of uh, before the pandemic yeah. that that would happen a lot. Companies you know, do it for companies lunches. do it for lunches and things like that. You know, great in the city where rent prices are super high. I know for a while Pittsburgh, you know, had some laws that uh, kept prohib- food truck kept, out. Yeah. yeah, prohibited it. But um, you know, I think that that that's a really helpful thing. But I think, I mean, I think too, there it's just kind of fun, right? right. It's, yeah. it's, it's like fun. something different. Something yeah. different. You you know. Yeah, it's like it's it's funny though. It's funny watching my parents here at church. Like they're they're so nervous when they go up to the food truck. So <laughs> they, they think it's like the soup Nazi. Like yeah. every food truck's like. Well, soup. my parents are in their seventies. They're like, I'm getting food from a truck. I'm not clean. quite sure I'm gonna get sick. if this is a good thing or not. And you're worried you're gonna get yelled at. No soup for you. Uh- <laughs> They were. It was, it's just fun watching them order. They'll like ask me like, Mark, what's the food truck this Sunday? And they're like, 
oh, what do you think they have? And then they're like, did you put the menu in the packet we give out? Because they want to thoroughly <laughs> go exactly. through the menu. It's just like, it's like watching 70-some-year-olds go to a food truck is like out of their, it's a, big it's a paradigm shift. It's a big decision. It's a paradigm shift for them. So food trucks, hey, I got to give a shout out too. Like you said, like food trucks are entrepreneurial. They're also a ministry. They can mm-hmm. be a ministry like my friend, Jimmy runs a food truck called Mission Mahi. Yeah, We've had great. them three times. I think. Yes. They're great. Yeah, exactly. They're awesome. And like, per, and like personally, Jimmy, Jimmy, shout out to you, Jimmy. Like Jimmy has an amazing story of how God changed his life and out of drugs and alcohol. Yep. And, and then Jimmy uses his truck to hire people who Our are recovery. also in recovery, cool. came That's out of that life. So shout out to you, Jimmy. So it can also be used for ministry. So um, food trucks, John, that was a good one. Love food trucks. Food trucks. Mike. You what know, about you? I was gonna talk about Cobra Kai, but I'm not. Oh, there's something uh, new that's okay. Then I'll talk mind. about Cobra oh. Kai. <laughs> so this has become something that's big in my neighborhood. Just kind of jumping off yours is goat scaping. <laughs> goat. This is during the pandemic. Goat. Yeah, it's happening right now. You can go see it if you want to. Wait. There's, there is a trail that kind of comes off my neighborhood, and these people bring in goats, and they fence off an area, and the goats just eat. Oh. Everything, and it's called goatscaping. So like landscaping, <laughs> it's just they use goats. Goats and there's coyotes. Down not in manscaping. This trail. <laughs> not manscaping. Not landscaping. Goatscaping. So yeah, I know your mind is thinking some interesting thoughts, pictures there. So but yeah. wait, so you just hire goats? Is this I like did instead not. of cutting your grass? Someone did. I don't know who made the decision on goats, <laughs> and they fence off this area. And I heard about it, and so my wife and daughter and I went down to take a look at it. I, I still don't know how I feel about you it. You said there's coyotes there. There's coyotes. In so that it's like easy area. pickings for the guy. Coyotes. They're but just apparently like apparently mm. there's a. I, I was talking to someone. That's like there, a so buffet. <laughs> it, coyotes are like you brought it's the goats like a in. Little all like portable electric fence they got around <laughs> it. And there's a donkey in there. And what one of, I walked down the, there, there's about... You live in Wexford. There's 40 to 50 earthies, like earthy people. <laughs> looking at the looking at that, I'm like, these people aren't from my neighborhood. But okay, they're down here in the dead school. And they're all studying about the goats. And I asked the guy, like, why? what about the coyotes? I don't know who I was asking. He said the donkey keeps the coyotes out. No way. The donkey will protect okay, so the goats from the coyotes. Let me back up. Yeah, dude, this is really happening. And then they just move <laughs> so the thing you, around and move the pen around. So you could put them in like your yard if you don't want to cut your grass. Well, not <laughs> just in let my the neighborhood. They're kind of in a park. So it's okay. But what are they? What's area. the purpose? It's just uh, they're eating the vegetation down, and so they clean out an area. So instead of like getting like a brush hog and coming through and like taking out all this, like you just. Get there the was goats. a sign there that says they will eat an acre every three days. No way. There's <laughs> they, a sign. What they, this is what they're the, like hashtag goatscaping. Yeah, there's a you go to goatscaping.com. <laughs> this is a thing. Like, well, I mean, you know, doing you know, last summer I spent time this in is, Scotland. This right? is a perfect. I spent time in Scotland last <laughs> summer and there are there are sheep everywhere. And nobody, you don't really have to. I mean, they do cut their grass like around their houses, grass. but like, like the fields and everything, they're like, they don't have to cut, <laughs> cut the grass. They don't have to mow it. They don't have to take care of it because it's it just deep. i mean they're all if you google goatscaping you'll see all kinds of people that do this i that don't is know the last thing i thought i'd ever I don't know ever google i still have a lot of questions about it. like is it are they just going to be down there for a period of time is this their permanent layer are these goats going to live down there forever <laughs> i think i think the permanent there, layer i think they're just going to have them there for a few weeks and they're going to eat a bunch of vegetation so the goats go might away. be portable right. I think they're so. portable goats they are and they have tags on them. You can see their names, like Lucy the goat. No, it's, it's like a petting petting farm, right? But you don't pet them, like right in your neighborhood. Like they bring the goats to you, similar to the food truck idea. <laughs> goats. Yeah. Can you imagine? Instead, what if you brought a food truck and the goats? Uh, you would have like a carnival. Yeah, that'd be it's awesome. Like a Butler County carnival. Fair. It's a Butler County. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Can you imagine the possibilities? So yeah, goatscaping has been a nice, fun surprise. It's going on have you ever right seen, now. Wait, hold on, you, have you ever seen what is it with the goats? Because have you ever seen the goat yoga? Goat yoga, yeah. I've Where seen like that, you do yeah. yoga and the goats jump on top of you, these mini goats, mm-hmm. and so you like you're doing, you're doing like the downward dog, and there's like a goat <laughs> no. on your back. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Google that, but be <laughs> don't careful. Don't do it process. at work. <laughs> I don't want that in my browser. <laughs> 
No, it's real. It's, yeah. it's real. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. It's goat yoga. Actually, I have a. I believe I have a friend from high school actually who's who's a goat yoga instructor. Um, Man, we're, this is. I'd have to double check really that on bizarre. Facebook, but I'm pretty sure I have a friend of mine from high school who's. <laughs> she does. She's a yoga instructor, and she does goat yoga. Nice. So we got food trucks, <laughs> goatscaping, yep. goat yoga. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, this I mean, is this is turning out great. There's not a whole lot going on in the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People have gotten hey. r- really bored. Yep, really, really bored. All right, so mine is I'll, I'll take yours then because the the one I was going to do is not as good as this, but Cobra Kai. Yeah, I like Cobra Kai. So Cobra Kai, here we are. Uh, each of us have watched it. I'm done. I've watched the first Don't two seasons. Do I will not. I won't spoil it, it uh, but I want to make some observations. Okay. Well, you had an observation about Cobra Kai. What did you say about Miyagi? Miyagi Do? Yeah, what did you say? I would rather be part of Cobra Kai. Than oh, yes. Miyagi-Do seems too and soft. What, what is your reason? <laughs> it seems too soft. And they wear like gap fitness outfits to do their <laughs> karate. <laughs> I, I, it's just way too happy and cheesy. So. Okay, so you don't like Miyagi-Do? Nah, I'd much rather be in the Cobra Kai. Scene. No. Daniel Dun- Danielson cannot pull off Mr. Miyagi. He no, just, he, just, he can't he be he the can't. sensei. No, can't pull it off. And you just said he's a horrible actor. <laughs> You said that. Yeah, I did. You said yeah. it. He's going to see this or hear it, and you're. I mean, I I love, I love, I loved Ralph Macchio in the original Karate Kids, and mean and tweets. in Ralph Macchio, <laughs> you stink. Have you seen Miyagi. the mean tweets? Does Ralph Macchio have a mean tweet? And in my my cousin Vinny, he was awesome. I loved <laughs> my cousin Vinny. Wait, Ralph Macchio is in my cousin Vinny? Yeah, I guess I didn't realize yeah, he's that. one of the two Utes. Utes. Oh, that's right. Well, I got it. Did you just see that last week, or did you remember? Oh, I, I, that movie. I, so I remember that. I've got it <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know. It's. I've got to say that a couple of things. I'm I'm loving the '80s nostalgia. Yep. So oh, it's yeah. taking me back, taking me back, and uh, the flashbacks are nice too. Yeah, yeah, they do a really good job. With we that, actually watched Karate Kid, took the kids back through Karate Kid, so they could understand Cobra Kai. Uh-huh. Nice. They lost interest though. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, I gotta say that I am rooting for Johnny. I'm rooting for Johnny. I think Johnny got gypped. We talked about this a couple, <laughs> whatever our last Johnny, podcast. Johnny needs to know Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Jo- In a bad way. <laughs> Johnny's Johnny's like. Every guy I went to high school with, like a whole bunch of them, are still in stuck in eighties. The eighties, like that would be uh, what four decades ago? Yeah, four. Yeah, Mike has an explanation for that, but maybe we'll keep that off of the air. I know a few Johnnies. I know, I know a few Johnnies. Yep, I might be one. I'm blonde haired <laughs> stuck in the eighties. Wow, we finally realized this. I do not have a mullet. You did, but I, I got a lot. You gotta love. You gotta love Johnny. He's like. I don't know. He's just what you want to be. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's some things. Drinking Coors Banquet <laughs> beer for yeah, breakfast. What is with the Coors Banquet? That's what is, his, what is beverage of choice? Have you ever had a Coors Banquet? Has um, anybody here ever drank a Coors? I didn't even. I Coors. had not. Because I noticed it. He was drinking those beers and like they were the odd shaped bottles. Yes. And I, I, the whole, you know, after you went through a few episodes, you're like, what is he drinking? Like, I've never seen this bottle. Like. I'm not a big drinker, and Mike is, but I'm no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not a big drinker. I don't but know that I've ever had a Coors Banquet beer. What um, is a what is the different, John? Do you know what's a Coors Banquet? It is the champagne of beers. <laughs> no, that's no, Miller. I know, I'm just <laughs> Miller. <laughs> it's not a high end. Why? Why would you? Well, see, so, if, so here's what I want to know: if you were the if you were the producers of that show, why would you choose Coors Banquet for Johnny to drink? What is the well, what was the set designer whoever what was the thinking behind product placement they probably got some. you think someone paid Coors paid big money but why Coors banquet why would Johnny he seems like a Miller like guy or something well if you think about it, if, it, if he's stuck in the eighties right is that from the eighties yeah, Coors I banquet mean, yeah I mean that was kind of like the the big I mean because Coors Light hadn't come out yet okay. Um, and so you had that. I think that's like a, one of those like nostalgic kind of things. So, it'd be like it'd be like if it was in Pittsburgh, it'd be drinking an Iron City, you know, okay. um, <laughs> an Iron Iron City, Iron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Permani Brothers, the cheesesteaks, the number two seller. Did you know that? Do you yeah. know what the number one seller is? What? If you go to Permani Brothers and you order a cheesesteak uh, sandwich, 
the number it says number two bestseller. What's the number and one? It doesn't say anywhere else what the number one bestseller is. <laughs> I think it's just marketing. It's Iron City, baby. <laughs> You're not from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm not, and that's not good beer. So anything else about Cobra Kai? We don't like Danielson, right? We don't like Danielson. Yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting. Like, I, it's funny because. As as a dad and a family man, you're mm-hmm. like, man, good guy. Sure, but I buy a car from him. I like to he, buy a car from but him. But you don't like him. You don't want to hang out with him. No, <laughs> no. I he's kind of stuck up. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just this it's entitled. Just, it's just very. Yeah. What's well, weird? It's like you know he's he's kind of he's kind of lost a little bit of kind of connection with like with reality a little bit. You right. Know? Um, but on the positive side. I think he's a. I mean, he's a good, good dad. Yeah, but you don't want to hang out with him. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't want to. You don't want to drink a Coors banquet with him. Yeah, and he. He's also. I mean, he. I think it's interesting. I think karate. I think Cobra Kai does this really interesting thing that reminds us that we all see reality through different lenses. Ooh, like look, the exact look same. At you getting all deep now with Cobra Kai. Of Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. I like it. But it is. I mean, it's like. I mean. Johnny and Daniel experienced the same exact thing. Watching it as a 51-year-old and then when I watched it originally as a teenager, okay? So very different because now as a 51-year-old, like when I watched as a teenager, I never wanted these two people to be friends ever. But now watching it as a 51-year-old, I want them to be friends right. so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> Guys, like, just, just figure it out. Yeah, like, you're, just, you're like, come on, man. Come on, just figure it out. They like, had a brief moment. Yeah, they had to. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I love this. It's like a buddy show now. And you're like, oh, I love it. You guys worked out your issues. And then boom, <laughs> they're, they're fighting in the living room. Oh, you might not know that yet. Anyway, so, Don't ruin it. Don't ruin so, so yeah, you just want them to be buddies and you want them to be friends. And that's like totally different than you felt in the 80s oh yeah so any any final comments about cobra kai mike no watch it it's worth it it's um it's cheesy but watch it and enjoy it for i kind of like a little cheese with my with my pandemic so we're gonna come back we're gonna we're gonna go over some real issues some things that are worth talking about that are a little more serious than cobra kai and food trucks and uh we'll be back here in a moment on post-christian pastors Okay, everybody, we're back. Welcome. Back with the virus. Mark, Mike, and John with you here on Post-Christian Pastors. So that was fun, guys. I, I learned goatscaping. I, I, I learned something today. <laughs> I did get to talk about one of my favorite things, food trucks. Mm-hmm. And I learned a, a little bit about Coors Banquet. So <laughs> it's a good day. Thanks. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> uh, so here's what we do. thought we do. We just do like kind of round the table again, but with a little more serious. And we'll talk about some issues it's choose your own adventure pick whatever you want so pick them uh whatever the pastor wants to talk about uh so we're gonna go to you ever done by the way have you ever done like a uh a sermon where you had people send in their questions or anything like that you ever done that i have yeah so this is i have not but no this is not like that but it's i was just thinking about that i don't know i've done i have a lot of friends who do like a after the sermon, like text in questions yep. and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. After the sermon. Yeah. Like, yeah and then, and then when do you right. answer it? When do you like answer right after? It? Like you just like, like right after you hang out. With everybody there? Yeah. yeah oh. Sit on a stool and go. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, so, Mike, we're going to start with you. Yes. So we're going to give you, we're going to give you the floor to talk about your issue that's going on in our culture right now. Something that you would, you know, that's you've thought about and uh, you want to share. Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges um, just from my observation right now, especially as followers of Jesus, is just how to handle the emotions of our culture right now. I think that this is mm-hmm. probably, man, in my lifetime, I don't know of a time where there are bigger and more explosive emotions as part of the general public. I mean, you cut someone off on the road, people are getting in fights. <laughs> um Right. Uh, you wear a mask under your, your nose. Someone else gets upset. So everyone's like on the edge of kind of explosiveness. And obviously there's an election coming along that's playing along uh, with this as well. It's just people not knowing what's going to happen next. And that anxiety of not knowing is causing 
all kinds of um, kind of weird wrinkles, you know, in our culture. And so I think that's one of the things I've observed is, and even just felt it personally. Sometimes it comes out sideways where you're like, mm. you bark at a ki- your kid and you're like, well, that wasn't as big of a deal as I made it. And, right. You know, you're dealing with uh, just the, the pressure and the stress. And so. So would course, you say that there's like this underlying kind of simmering rage that people are. Yeah, obviously, underneath, like just underneath the veneer of civil people. Yeah, and it's just like right there whenever something goes wrong. Most definitely. I mean, we've seen demonstrations and riots like that in the in the urban cities, uh, and even even here in Pittsburgh. But I think even in the burbs, it's just underneath people. You just pick at it a little bit, and all of a sudden, you get kind of an explosiveness. Yeah. It's it's interesting you say that. And as you're saying, I was thinking, you know, it's what's interesting is that you know. Rightfully, so many of us will point at at the uh, at those who are rioting and be like, "That's bad," you know. Mm-hmm. But we'll excuse the, f- the fact that we like blow up at our neighbor or do something like that. It's the sa- It's really some of the same like right. <laughs> things that are boiling over. Get the wrong food truck, right? Your neighbor, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's it's some of those things. It's a, some right. of the same emotions that are boiling over. It's just how it's being like shown and lived out. And we you know we're like excuse it, you know, if we just like you know you know, yell at somebody on social media. I think honestly, this has just been a weird time in our lifetimes where you've had six months to observe and critique and not mm-hmm. do anything. Right. And that's just been a really weird, I mean, th- when else have we had a, a season like that? And I, I remember. No, thinking, I like what you said. I like what you said there. You, you, you've had six months to critique, observe, to observe, and, and, observe, and, observe and critique yeah. more than you could ever before. You yeah, have more and, time in, I feel the longing to create, and that's the biggest deal. We mm. were told not to create, to go home and shelter in place for such a period of time that I think part of the image of God is our desire to create mm-hmm. and to make. And so, so you're, my neighbors are expressing keep, keep that. Keep going down this road. Yeah. Like, what do, you, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by create? Like, I know what you mean, but why, how, why does that, I mean, how does that pastor, connect with emotional? As a pastor, look, we do this in our services. We do this in our messages. And I felt this void of not gathering our people and creating um, this experience, studying Scripture together, singing it, like singing together, having community, like creating that. And then all the other creative things that we do, like a food truck night mm-hmm. or – you know, ministry to kids or to youth, these things were, they were kind of halted. And we were put in this posture where, you know, you were, we sat back and just kind of observed what was going on in the world and made judgment. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're at a wrinkle in our culture now where it's time to come out of that. And some people, it's really, really challenging to take the step out of the critique and mm-hmm. kind of Consume, it's not even consumeristic. It's just kind of like you're an analyst and you're just analyzing every move right now. Right. And I don't think it's productive. I think at some point we just have to get back out and get back to creative contributing members of society. It, it's interesting that you said that because there, are, you know, some <clears throat> some of my um, friends on Facebook, I'll see things that they point post, um, and I, I'll just say to Megan and my wife, I'll be like, they just need to like, get out. Do something. <laughs> they just need to go, go do, do something. Yeah, I mean, it, and I think it's like, you know, that's so, so like true. You're saying too, then what you're saying too is very interesting. I'm really interested by this is that you're saying that all that creative energy that's supposed to be given towards really good. positive things, really beautiful. good things, the Hopeful. good, the true, and the beautiful, right? The good, the <laughs> yeah. true, and the beautiful. Um, it is given towards critique. Oh, yeah. That's really interesting. That's the really, because... And, and, and it's done with often with a lack of grace. I think that's oh. one thing that's totally missing in our culture right, right now is a lack of grace. Right. I might have said this on our other podcast, but I've tried, I've tried to give everybody in the midst of this pandemic right. a ton of grace, especially people yeah. that are leading, mm-hmm. whether it's politicians or teachers or whoever, because everybody's just kind of making it up as they go along. But I love the thought that you guys just brought up. I, I wouldn't have thought of that just like, all that creative energy is just actually coming out in in negative it's ways. It's all pent up. It's all right. pent up. Um, whether that's creating new uh, territories for your business, creating – I mean, those are all dreams, right? So there's dreams Or is it goals. the death of dreams? Yeah. Some of the dreams yeah. you can't live put, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're all just shut down, and you're just kind of on hold. Yeah. And so – what in, in light of that, let me ask you a question. What do you think – what do you think 
some of the emotional fallout is if, if what comes true that you hear like I, I saw a statistic the other day that a lot of the businesses, a high percentage of the businesses that have closed are closing, are going to be closed sure. permanently. Restaurants and the What like. do you feel yeah. like the emotional, as a pastor, what do you think, how do you think the church responds to that, the, emo, the emotional drain that that's going to be? I mean, we know the financial, we know all that stuff, but how do you think the church moves forward and, and addresses that specific like emotional things that are going to be going on with that. Um, I mean, I think there'll be some, just some grieving and support and obviously practical ways to minister and help people that have experienced loss, especially economic loss, but it's deeper than that. Anyone who's started a small business knows that the economic component of it is certainly part of it as you provide for your family, but it's the, it's the dream that maybe it's a business that's been passed down for generations. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think so Mark might feel guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think something to be aware of, though, is, you know, a season like this of uncertainty, it really triggers our fight or flight reflex. Mm-hmm. And so you really see it, like, especially in the church. That's churches. the other thing, too, right? Yeah. The, fight. Ch- the church, like the people that we shepherd, some of them might people in my church they want to fight they just want to fight anyone they want to Mm -hmm. fight they want to argue they want to debate it it doesn't really matter what it is but they're doing that just because they're teased up and stressed they're living in a stress bubble right now and that's their natural response okay i also have people that just their natural response is to check out Mm -hmm. and literally you know we've been going through our database and i don't know if you guys have been doing this we've been calling people just talking to them which which is hilarious right now because i can call a businessman at like one o'clock in the afternoon and he'll talk my ear off for like an hour and i'm the one that's like i gotta go (laughs) i'm just checking in normal time they're like there's like straight to voicemail (laughs) i'll get you at the end of the day or like hey i can't really talk is there something going on some emergency there's so but now they have the time and they just want to connect. Mm. But there's this flight reflex too from some that are just checked out. And their their natural response to this stress is, you know, to stay in their house. I, I'm thinking of a couple of people that I know that have not left their, their apartment since this yeah, started. Pulled, I mean, they the, still are in there since March. Mm, right. um, maybe have stepped out just to go for a walk in the park, but have not connected, have not like just not connected with any friends or, or played. Um, and you're just like, their kids haven't played or gone outside, and you're like, man, that is their emotional response to this stress. Yeah. And people have put a lot of emotional and physical and financial resources into even more making their home their castle. Yes. And they yes. pulled up the drawbridge, you know, and they said, this is this is our place, and I could stay here. It's a place to create, too. Like, right. I've done that. I've right. planted shrubs. I'm actually replanting. Yeah, you're the shrub guy. We talked about that. Yeah, I'm actually replanting my lawn right now, which isn't, as I'm doing it, I'm like, my lawn wasn't that bad. I don't know why I'm spreading dirt on top of it and, and planting <laughs> over again, but I'm bored. Like, so I'm making a better lawn. If I show right? up and there's goats on your lawn, then you have, <laughs> I know you've lost it. I think it. that's against the Homeowner Association. But I might put some here in your church. You might come here Sunday morning, see hey, some goats tied goats up. Over. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Just tied you up. You brought the goats over here? Huh? I'd totally go for it. My dad would love it my dad cuts the grass here he just let the, he'd be out of a job <laughs> let the goats go All so right. i think just knowing your emotional response mm-hmm. is something if you're a listener just to be aware of that like what do you do um if you're you know if your first response is to to punch and to fight when you feel stressed be be aware and be careful of that you know just because you maybe think it's such you have an aggressive response to this and maybe i don't want to wear my mask or the kids got to get back to school or i should be able to watch my my kids play sports whatever that is that's that's coming from your natural emotional response be aware of that and then there's others that want to step back in uncertain times and so i'm seeing both of that in the conflict of of just how we would deal with stress mm-hmm. and nice. uncertainty good stuff good stuff mike yeah. john yeah. what about you um i I think this is something we've been talking about this kind of uh, off offline, so to speak. Um, just the whole kind of kind of reopening of things, um, you know, particularly as pastors, kind of thinking through how do we? You know, we've all been worshiping, having worship services outside and mm-hmm. and online, but how do we come back into our buildings? Because in you know in Pittsburgh, um, you know, the, it's getting cold. It's getting cold. Uh, though this week is going to be you know really 80. nice, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, we will eventually get into the you know 
thirties and forties where we can't really be outside. Um, so how do we do that? Well, and you know, and, and all those kind of dynamics that surround it. I mean, you know, Mike, you're sharing about some churches that, uh, you, uh, that staff went to that you, that you were surprised that there was literally yeah, like nothing. Mike did some covert yeah. operations. You know, one of the wonderful things about being in our industry is that you could see what others are doing <laughs> and copy them. And, or don't. Or don't copy them. Whatever, whichever way you want to do that. You did a little covert. Tell us about that because you did a little covert op where you yeah. sent some of your people out on a day when your outdoor service was canceled and you went you went through some indoor services. Yeah, we what, had you a find? few weeks ago. What'd you and, find? And so we had decided that, hey, we're going in and I October and said, you know what, let's see what other churches are doing and let's just check best practices. We had a plan, but we're like, let's just see what other other churches are doing. And so my team split up in the four different churches and just worshiped, which was also a really good experience, by the way, just to be a guest because yeah. it helps you understand what it feels like to be a guest. Yeah. So we were able to be guests in, in other churches and just see. And one of the things that, that did surprise me was uh, as churches were going in, some services, people were wearing masks the entire service, and some mm-hmm. services, uh, people were taking the masks off like you would at a restaurant and when you got to mm-hmm. your seat and then singing and this is I think going to be a battle line as churches go inside are, are you a masked service or an unmasked service do you you know where do your germs go I, I know Mark when he preaches a lot of spit saliva comes right. out of his mouth I don't want to sit anywhere near the front rows I want to stay as just, far as just I get can. a big plexiglass uh, yeah, yeah. he <laughs> needs to wear a mask or like that. I'm going to be in a hazmat suit <laughs> Do you see Andy Reid's shield that he has for the Kansas City Chiefs? We need, like, that bubble around us. But, you know, it is interesting how that's happening. But you're like oh, everyone's dressed as Darth Vader. Yeah, preach. I actually, you know what I did purchase was one of those blue man spandex suits, and I've been <laughs> wearing it around the house, telling everyone it's my new mask, and it's just tight fitting. Oh, 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 oh no! Are you All germs are, are you you drinking. Horse banquet. <laughs> All <laughs> germs. So I do have that. Are you doing Miyagi Do uh, karate? I th- I'll bring it to our next recording, guys. I'll wear oh, that for you. Awesome. It's very flattering to we'll my take figure. pictures of that. <laughs> so i mean just trying to think through like you know as mike's saying you know i mean there's just this whole kind of you know cultural divide you know um over you know mm-hmm. masks or not to masks or you know what we should you know how we should view. and i was i was talking to a, to a friend of mine who's actually like uh, doing an interim he's an interim, interim pastor right now right yep. um and he was saying how the church that he's interiming at is like it's basically got this like these two like two groups two war no two war factions about like mask or no fat mask and i you know i said you know what i've been kind of going back to in this whole process of trying to think through this and how do we as you know as the church respond i really think that this is really similar in content to paul's instructions on the weaker brother okay um and what's interesting is that Paul, in his context, is talking about you know eating food, meat, eating, eating meat, eating meat, the sacrifice to idols, idols. right? And as I was re- as I was reading through that, I was it was just it just dawned on me. I'm like, you know what? I don't know in our context who the weaker. I don't think we know anything. Right. I think that's one of the biggest well, issues. None of us know. We all well, have. Wait, go down what oh. you're saying. What do you mean? Yeah. You don't know. Who so the I don't know. I don't. I don't know if master unmasked. I don't know if the master unmasked is the weaker. Hmm. But you guys are coming up with some good. But stuff. here's the thing. What I do know is that both of those groups are maybe not all the time, but are sacrificing to an idol. And hmm. and if that's okay, the con- if that's the context of what Paul is, you know, if he's talking about sacrificing to idols and you know what you know in our conscience, what it allows us to do, and he's saying that for those who have freedom of conscience, right, you know, don't use your freedom of conscience <laughs> in a way that's mm-hmm. going to cause someone else to, um, stumble. to stumble, and and I I really think that's a I think that's a a really helpful. Uh, way for us to, as Christians to think think through, um, you know, particularly in the church. I mean, mm. if there are issues, if there are things in terms of like how we in, how we like think about this kind of 
outside. I mean, Mike was just talking about not being able to, you know, go watch his daughter play volleyball, and th- right. that, that's a different conversation. But when we're talking about the church, yeah. you know, how do we as God's people like live with one another in such a way that is, you know, is is not like going back to our previous conversation is not like, you know, attacking <laughs> the other for right. their, you know, what's the, what's the idol they're sacrificing to the two, the, you said both people, I, I think both, both the are. mass people and the unmasked people sac they're sacrificing to an idol. What, what are those? What is the idol? Well, I, I think that for those who are kind of, you know, and this is this is obviously a generalization. I'm not right, I'm not saying everybody. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. Just just want to clarify that because you know I mean we're in a sure <laughs> somebody's gonna be like <laughs> he said. Uh, um, but yeah, I think the you know in our unmask, it's it's pretty much it's it's like this kind of you know um, I would say there's a individualism, a you know you know my you know my freedoms trump everything. Right. right it's yeah. like it's this. Um, and then on the other so side, it's an idol of self, idol of self, right? Like I am God, yeah. I, or, or even just an idol of like personal freedom, right? personal and, preference, yeah, personal, personal yeah. freedom. Yeah. I think on the other side, it's this: you can be maybe an idol of fear, right? I'm I'm so fearful that I, you know, can't even be in a room with somebody who's not masked because, hmm. um, you know, there's maybe the fear of or control or control that, that somehow gives you like, a sense I, of control, right? Exactly, yeah, over something that's not controllable, right? Um, it's, it's where your faith is placed. And your faith, right. right? And, and you place it in, in control of the government, like they're the ones, or do you place it in the hands of God? But then, you know, where's our responsibility mm-hmm. too? You know, right. it's sometimes right. you don't want to overplay the, the faith card and, and say, I'm going right. to test God or do something stupid. Right, exactly. Cause, um, you know, but, is it, but, but shouldn't Christians in the midst of this, and we'll wrap up with this, is it Christians in the midst of this, shouldn't we, shouldn't we be the people who are least afraid afraid yeah. of death at least afraid of what comes what whatever comes it doesn't mean we get to be irresponsible it doesn't mean we we shouldn't you know do what is right but we shouldn't live in this fear of you know i'm gonna die yeah and i think they should be the they should be the example to the rest of the country for sure how to navigate these emotions in a way with love and grace uh, I know in the in the campus of the church that I lead at, um, I have Republicans and Democrats. I have people that don't want to wear. Well, no one wants to wear a mask. I've yet met someone who's like, I, I, this <laughs> can't is can't wait awesome. to do this. There are some yeah. cool masks though. People have some <laughs> cool ones. No like, one's cool. like, I like that dude. The, the moment that we cannot wear masks, everyone there's there might be still some people that choose to wear masks, but no one loves it. Right. And um, I, we should just be the the examples of how to live in peace and harmony together, even with these differences of opinions. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Mike's got to go. So. <laughs> Mike's taking off. So say say goodbye, Mike. Say goodbye to now. See you guys. Part of the pandemic is, you know, picking up your kids and, and doing all that stuff and, and awesome. odd ca- calendars. Well, thanks for thanks for being here and uh thanks for giving your input. Um I can do mine. I can do mine. Yeah, John, do you, you want to talk about mine? Yeah, do yours real quick. So, uh so one of the things I've been thinking a, a lot about uh during the pandemic is you know, I was watching I was watching riots and you know things burning and craziness i'm not talking about peaceful protests or you know obviously there's probably nothing more american than protest right we are a nation that was built on a protest uh and i'm a christian a protestant (laughs) so my whole my whole faith was built on a protest so obviously not not your whole faith was built on a protest no no i'm sorry yeah you know what i mean (laughs) not my faith my faith is based on On jesus Jesus, right anyway I know what you um, meant. Just wanted to clarify that. On the solid rock <laughs> I stand. All right. Oh, other ground. All right. So, but but what I see in our culture is, um, I guess when I was watching this stuff, I was watching, uh, I was I remember one night, very early on, I was watching a bunch of people loot a liquor store. Mm. And there were all these, to be honest with you, white young adults looting mm-hmm. a liquor store. And I was sitting there with my, my 12 year old daughter and just like dad she's like what what is going on you know like and they're just like young people just right. burning stuff um there's been a lot of you know when you get beyond the racial stuff like a lot of just honestly white people causing destruction mm-hmm. and just lawlessness right and uh, i wrote this post on my facebook 
Um, and, uh, you know, some people liked it. Some people didn't. That's, that's fine. That, that's what that, it normally is. that the is. Facebook? Huh? Is that the Facebook? Yeah, the Facebook. <laughs> I wrote this. I wrote, everyone who knows me knows what a huge comic fan I am. Last year, I saw the Joker movie. Did you see the Joker movie? I did not. Okay. Last year, I saw the Joker movie, and I hated it. I've, I've barely ever been able to say that about a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. I, I usually like them all. It was nihilistic, mm. dark, depressing, and without redemption. Mm. Okay. I felt dirty when I left the theater. Let me be clear. I don't mind dark. The Bible is dark in many places, but there is more than just dark. And what I was getting at there is that there was no redemption. Right. There was just dark. There yeah. was just despair. Um, for sure, Joaquin Phoenix was brilliant as the Joker, but I felt the movie was a picture of what and who we have become as a society and as a people. One year later, after seeing the movie, the final scene of the movie is playing out on our streets in real life. I'm not talking about peaceful protests, but about lawlessness and chaos. It is a reflection of a godless, a godless, lost, and purposelessness, purposeless society. We have come to the end of ourselves and found there is nothing there. All of our money, entertainment, education, politics, and possessions yet the God-shaped hole in so many remains unfilled. We live in a society where to take a line from another Batman movie, some men just want to watch the world burn. Hmm. They want it to burn because of the emptiness in their own hearts. I'm more convinced than ever that Jesus is our only hope, and he has let us come to this place where all of our idols have failed us. In hopes we will turn to him and find life. Hmm. I think it is a great time to be a follower of Jesus and to share the hope that is found in him. Mm-hmm. And what I was really thinking about was that like when I watch people and I know, I know like even Martin Luther King has said stuff like, well, you know, like riots are, are the voice of the unheard. And I know I butchered that. It's, yeah. Comment, but, but basically that was, but what I was seeing was not, and, and I'm, let me take out the racial part for a minute. What I was seeing was white young people. Okay who were just doing lawless things, many of them young men. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of purpose in their life. And yeah. this is just like, this is almost like the adventure. It's kind of like Fight Club, if you ever saw the movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fight Club. It's just yep. men searching for something to give them a sense of, even if they're part of something bigger uh, right. than themselves, even if it's completely destructive. And I think going back to what Mike said, too, is that that creative need that need to create something true, beautiful and good. If, if that energy is not directed and I'm saying, especially men, I mean, just to pick on men, (laughs) I am one, so I can pick on it. So especially men that is directed in such destructive things Mm -hmm. that often involve anger, violence, Mm -hmm. um, just destruction. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about that, but that was just, I don't know. That's one of the things that as I've watched it, I just kind of, that's one thing I pulled out of it. There's a ton of things yeah. to talk about, but just for the sake of this podcast, you just that's one thing I noticed where I went, and my daughter even noticed it. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, "Why are these like people?" And I know she didn't say it, but there are people that look like her. You know, yeah. like why are why are they doing this? Right. And and I I just think it's a lack of I don't know if it's an emptiness, but we've just kind of come to the end of ourselves, and I've felt this way. You could disagree with me or whatever, but I just feel like we are at a place in our culture where God has allowed everything that we put our trust and hope in to crumble, mm-hmm. even down to like things like sports, yeah. like like sports went away for a long time, but obviously politics. But I feel like God has kind of turned us over to ourselves right. and said, this is this is what you want. Right. And and all of those things have failed us. Right. You know? That's what Paul says in Romans, right? We've been Right. right. Is that Romans one? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's tur- let us he's you know, basically given us over to our, what right. we truly desire, right? Right. Um and um and then, you know, when we come to the end of that is when we know our need for him. I mean it should be repentance, I mean, right? Yeah. That's the repentance right. comes. And that's really like I mean, if you just all of scripture, that's the that's that's I mean this isn't anything new right I mean right. nothing's new under the sun right. it's like I mean it's the entire book of judges right it's everyone did what was right in their own eyes and they come to realization like oh man we need we need to be saved 
Yeah, theirs was to get a king. <laughs> right, but but they needed sa- they needed you know yeah, they salvation. Really God, right? right, they needed they needed saved, and so mm-hmm. then they turned back to God, and God would save them. And you know, it was this kind of you know recip- you know kind of process that kept going over and over and over again. And that's really the whole whole story of scripture right i mean it's like you know yeah it just feels like i don't know what feels different about this time it just feels like all of those things have failed us Mm -hmm. you know like all of those things have failed us maybe i'm just getting old (laughs) you know i don't know (laughs) but if but it feels different this time it feels like I know there are people posting things like, well, this is our last chance, <laughs> you know, like we, <laughs> right. we better get it. Like we're at the end of God's, you know, and I, I, I'm not a guy that does that, but it does feel different. Something right. feels different to me that we, it feels like we keep trying to burrow deeper, deeper down into ourselves to find the answers. Mm-hmm. And as we go deeper and deeper down into ourselves, what we are finding is, chaos right. and emptiness and and uh just a lack of of uh there's morale there's lack of morality there's lack of a guide there's lack of just like you know what you know enlightenment thinking right right was and i read a book recently about how this is the this is the ultimate uh taking the enlightenment thinking to its ultimate um place conclusion right conclusion yep. and yep. we've just moved that way for the last you know, whatever, 300, 400 years. Right. And we're just moving that way. And we have finally come because enlightenment thinking was like, you know, we can figure it all right. out. Yep. We, we have enough technology or education or whatever to figure it out. I think therefore I am. Mm-hmm. And so we can do this. We will bring about utopia. And I think the further we, we've just taken this to its logical conclusion yep. and, and we've come to this place well, and America, it was America's a beautiful place, an amazing place. But when you take some of these ideas to their to their end, right? Without God, right? Then we're, what are we left with? Right. I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, I, I'm trying to figure. Like, and and being a pastor in the midst of this, trying to help people mm-hmm. process this, and um, and I feel like I maybe I've said this before, but I feel like when the the answer, the answer is the answer. And I think Jesus is the answer. Right. And when the answer is the answer, but you tell people that and they go, that can't be the answer. Then I think we're in really, really scary territory. Cause I feel like, and I don't want to make it so simple. That it's like, Oh, Jesus is the answer. I, I'm, but I mean, that's hard stuff. That's, that's, that involves repentance. That involves. Right. Well, know, the reason it feels easy, I think is because we think of Jesus as kind of like, you know, you know, this magician or this right. like, you know, wizard or somebody, it's just Jesus. And we just, you know, and then, you know, he, you know, <laughs> right. just snaps yeah, his I fingers. Don't mean, and, I don't mean Jesus is the answer that way. Right. Or, I mean, like, or, or even the other way, like we also think of Jesus as maybe even like just too small, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, well, yeah. Oh yeah, sure. I have this personal relationship with Jesus. And then, you it's know, too and, small. and then I go to, right. It's too small. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer for our personal you know, failings and longings Uh and hopes. He's also the answer for all the ills of creation, right? Of of everything, right? He's the redeemer of all things. He's the redeemer, right? He's all things. He's reconciling all things things to himself. And so if Jesus, so that, in that sense, Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer because he's, because he's the reconciler. Right. And he's called us, what Paul says, to the ministry of reconciliation. And that's not just, that is definitely within racial, but that's in all things. He's calling us to that ministry of reconcile, of being like partnering with him mm-hmm. in this ministry of reconciliation. Right. So Jesus is the answer. He is the answer, right. <laughs> but, it, but he's not just the answer, like stick it on a bumper sticker. Right. Because that's that's hard stuff. I mean, you got to get into some really hard stuff individually right. in your own life, right. repentance where right. it needs to happen, but also corporately as right. a people, as a society, right. like these are deep things, but I just feel like if we don't start with him, like what hope do we, do we have? I mean, like for me, it's like, I, I, um, I just, I'm worried that when the answer is the answer, but we go, no, that can't be the answer. I mean, that's a tough place to be. I'm not like, what right. do people think is going to pull right. us out of this? Yeah. I, I think I, I've been, I've been preaching a series on Shalom mm. 
And, you know, and part of that is the, the concept, you know, this you know, Old Testament concept of, right, you have, of, of everything being the way it's supposed to be, right? Right. That's shalom. That's By shalom, the way, so right. you might want to tell people, like, right. what that means. So peace isn't just the absence of conflict. Right. But shalom is goodness, wholeness. Right. Everything right. Everything in its right place. Correct. Everything working. Right. And that's what Jesus came to bring. To bring, right? You know, he comes to bring shalom, you know. Um, you know, as it says, as joy, as we sing in joy to the world, as far as the curse is found, right? He, right. he brings shalom, his kingdom brings shalom. And that's, and we're called to live in that kingdom and to live out those kingdom values and to seek shalom in all areas and spheres of, of our lives. And so when we're thinking about that, we tend, like I said before, we tend to think of Jesus as Jesus saves me from my sin. Yes. Yes. Amen. 100%. That's part of the curse. That's part of the curse. But, you know, as, you know, uh, the, the great uh, small group series for the life of the world is like, what are you saved for, right? Yeah, what are mm-hmm. we saved for as Christians? We're saved for the life of the world, right? Like Jesus saves us as his people, brings us into his kingdom and is for the life of the world. And so, you know, what are how are we as Christians how are we not just through our vote, our political mm-hmm. vote, or not just through our church attendance or not go John, preach right? it, brother, preach it. <laughs> how how are we, you know, as God's people bringing shalom? Right. And deeper and and we do that by not going deeper into ourselves for right. the answers, but we go by going deeper into the kingdom. Right. And you know, deeper into kingdom thinking different into, you know, thinking like Jesus, having the mind of Jesus, having right. having the heart of Jesus. That's what will bring a kingdom where everyone flourishes, not by going deeper into ourselves. Right. And and, and me even I I don't maybe you disagree with me on this, but like for me it's not even going deeper into the the color of your skin or your race. I, I mean, these are things we need to talk about. Like we need to talk about Race, we need to talk about racial issues, racial justice. Those are definitely things. Right. But if we don't go deeper than that mm-hmm. into into the very our very hearts and souls, and what does it mean to be in a kingdom together? Right. Different colors, different different people of all you know shapes, sizes, beliefs. Like, I think we're gonna miss the mark. Cause I feel like that's just going deeper into ourselves mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm not, I'm kind of scared. Like if I just went deeper into myself, I'm kind of scared of what I find, you know, in there. I'm not going to find, I'm not going to find, uh, the redeemer. Right. You know, I only find the redeemer. I'm only redeemed from someone from the outside, mm-hmm. not, not from my own things. Right. I mean, we go deeper into ourselves. We, we, are seeing what that look what, yeah and what, what's actually that, isn't what that, Jesus says is inside of all of us right right <laughs> and isn't that ultimately it goes back to the very first sin of the garden right right yeah you know like if if you if you'd paraphrase it you could paraphrase it as Satan saying to Adam and Eve just go deeper into you baby yeah you know like just go deep down mm-hmm. like you're you got everything you need you're 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 you, you're, you, can, you will be like God you'll be like God right, right? it's you are everything right and I think you know that's where we get misguided and a lot of things and it's so crazy how it's it's still like that and and the alt that that sin that that first sin is still like at the very heart mm-hmm. of everything and and also for me like i think also in our culture is we have tried to you know very from genesis one try to rip out the 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 image of god in people yep. you know whether we do that when we're racist we rip out the image of god mm-hmm from people we are like oh you're black mm-hmm. you're not created in the image of god if you're if you're a racist that's right. how you feel about that or you're jewish or you're you're whatever yep. i mean we try to we have to rip out the image of god from that person to feel to feel like we're justified mm-hmm. in our behavior yeah it's crazy time man crazy time well hey everybody thanks for being here today i know it's a kind of an abrupt ending but but uh we gonna have uh, episodes coming at you check us out on uh, anywhere pretty much you find podcasts I know for sure you can find us on Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts, Podbean 
uh, Podcast Attic. I mean, we, I know we're on all the. I mean, you can't even keep it straight. How many places? I don't know if we're on Spotify yet. I heard that oh. that's the one that we might want to okay. get onto. But you can look up our, our Facebook page too. Or hey, if you have comments, leave us some comments on our Facebook page. So that's all for today. Uh, please check us out. And John, thanks for being here. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, that was fun. Mike. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but everybody, we're out. We'll catch you later. Take care.